cold open. This is a shit posting episode. Dad is here. Full Metal is here. We don't have any particular topic, but uh, we've been playing some video, seeing some anime-related stuff on YouTube, and we're going to talk about it. Yeah, we're just going to wing it. So, unfortunately, someone linked to this site called noclip.website. And what it is, is it, it takes uh, these... Um, takes these areas from various video games, like Mario, Mario, Zelda, Dragon Quest, Katamari, and it just lets you walk th through it. Oh. So like, right okay. in your browser, you can open it, look through this world, just all, all the objects around it. So nope. it's just like kind of like a debug mode, you're just kind of looking through the assets, like... Yeah. Oh, it has Dark Souls, okay. Half-Life 2... Donkey Kong 64, lots of fun stuff. You can just wander around, look through the these CG uh, 3D areas. It's cool yeah, stuff. If you were really into like level design, that would be really cool. Yeah, and in the Katamari levels, it has all the little objects you can roll up. They're moving around it in their proper times, just like in the games. You can view all the assets like that. It's fascinating. Did Katamari ever get better past the first one? Because I only played the first one. So later games, uh, they introduced more gimmicks. Like uh, in the second one, uh, there, there's a level where uh, you're making a campfire and you have to roll up fireflies to make uh, the fire bigger until it reaches a certain amount. But it's always getting smaller because, okay. you know, fires die out. So there's gimmicks like that, but none of them have music as good as the first game. That's one of the all-time yeah. best game soundtracks. I remember I put that game on just to listen to the music. Yeah, I still have the music on my MP3 player. It's freaking great. Yes, I have an MP3 player, and it's almost 2024. Fuck you. Uh, that's not really that weird. I know people do that for like uh, workouts and shit. They don't want their phone on them. They just want to focus on the workout and not have to worry about, like, accidentally breaking their phone. Yeah, no distractions. It's tiny, it's lightweight, and it has actual buttons on it. So you, you can use it while exercising or driving, and you don't have to look down on it. I also have music from Legacy of the Wizard, uh, a game I was obsessed with as a kid, but... Uh, Recently, I stumbled onto this Japanese website where this guy just autistically researches every gameplay element, art, music, looks up interviews from the creators, scans from the manuals in English, Japanese, previews from magazines, all sorts of shit about this game from 1987. Cool. So it... I know most people don't care about this old game I was obsessed with as a kid, but it has one of the best soundtracks. It's by Yuzo Koshiro, who's my all-time favorite video composer. He made the music to Streets of Rage, Etrian Odyssey, Act Razor. But this old NES game is his best. I think everybody has that one game that they're like obsessed with. Like They think about all the time, but nobody else gives a shit. Yeah, story of my life. 
Apparently, this game even got a mobile phone release in 2008 with some new sprites and remixed music. But but that version of the game is lost media. And the owner of the website is desperate to get a copy of it. Like, he, he'll say in English and Japanese, like, if you have an old cell phone with this game on it, please send it to me. I will pay you. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of those weird cell phone games that are just gone. Like, wasn't there, like, a Kingdom Hearts game that you could only get, like, on your fucking Verizon flip phone in, like, 2002 or some shit? Uh, I don't know about Kingdom Hearts, but, yeah, there's lots of Japanese-only old cell phone games. Some of them are lost to history. Uh, there were even a handful of complete Shin Megami Tensei dungeon crawlers on old cell phones. Those are lost. There's only a couple of screenshots of them. And that's not counting all the online-only games that will disappear as soon as the servers shut down. Oh, yeah. So uh, I learned from this w website about Legacy of the Wizard that uh, some characters of it appeared in this anime comedy short uh, It has a bunch of Falcom characters. Like it, It's about Adol and uh, the villain from the Ease games, Dark Fact getting on wacky shenanigans. But in one of these two-minute episodes, they introduce characters from this old 80s game that only I care about. It's like a shit post-comedy short with bad animation, but I'm such a spurg for this game. <laughs> I was really delighted with that. Nice. Well, you know... It... It's great to find something that's, like, niche and just yours sometimes. Sometimes you don't want everyone to, like, fucking ruin it for you. Yes, this will never, ever be mainstream. So I can clutch to onto it. It'll always be mine. Uh, you've been doing anything lately? Yeah, I watched, um... Did you watch the Video Game Awards? Uh, no, and to be frank, I'm pretty disappointed in anyone who cares about that stupid shit. I don't really care about it. I find it entertaining. Well, I, I make it like a yearly ritual of watching it on um, Demolition D stream. He was like the only good anti-tuber that ever came out of that whole scene, and he quit like years ago. Yeah, he that still guy streams was great. On Twitch, but he, yeah. His fucking, like, he's the one that probably got me into, like, really, really into anime. So, like, uh, when he left YouTube, pretty much, I was just like, oh, fuck this. This sucks. And uh, he, he does Twitch streams, but I don't I don't watch Twitch streams because they're boring. But he streams the VGAs every year, and I watch it as a sort of tradition. You just make fun of it while watching it, or what? Yeah, he basically just poops on the thing the whole time. Uh, he barely keeps any interest in it, and he starts throwing up memes on screen and flipping <laughs> over to other YouTube videos in the middle of the awards, or just Even making fun of people for having gay, long-winded speeches. Yeah, like, the only time he ever gets excited is when they announce something for, like, Monster Hunter or something like that. Uh, I assume the Bear Fucker game won all the awards. Yeah, Baldur's Gate 3 pretty much won everything. Man, I love D&D games. I've been playing them my entire life, and, but so it saddens me to see them become so incredibly gay. I didn't hate Baldur's Gate 3. I thought it was alright. 
I mean, people rail on it for all the gay shit, and there is some of that. It's not as bad as some people say, but there's some of it. But, like, D&D is kind of gay. Like, if you ever read through the rules of D&D, there's a lot of... Uh, and the lore, there's a lot of gay shit in there. Maybe in 5th edition, but it wasn't always that way. I don't know what it was like in previous iterations, but 5th edition's pretty homosexual. Yeah, that's when they introduced gender-neutral shit, and uh, they start... Even now, they're trying to phase out races. Like, one of the coolest things yeah. about this fantasy game is that you can play as these different fictional races, all with their own unique histories and, and abilities. They're starting to phase that out because it's heckin' problematic. Yeah, it's kind of fucking gay and retarded like that. But it is what it is. And what it is, is gay. Yes. No, oh, I, I might uh, enjoy the actual Dungeons and Dragons part of Baldur's Gate 3, but I don't want to deal with annoying homosexuals propositioning me for sex all the time. It doesn't really happen as often as you think, but it, there is some of it in there. If I guess if you're like violently homophobic, you don't don't touch the game because there are some gay there's some gay stuff. Phobic nigga, homos are afraid of me. <laughs> If you say so. But uh, other than that, I watched Internet Pit Stops uh, video on backgrounds. Oh, yeah. Backgrounds. That guy oh, is great. It was, it was five hours long, dude. It was... <laughs> I, I put it on as background noise, but, like, I don't know, maybe not even, like, 20 minutes in, I just ended up sitting down and watching it, just actually focusing on the content. Yeah, the visuals are too good to ignore. Yeah, and I mean, that was the whole point of the video, was to, like, analyze the visuals of anime, like, specifically the backgrounds and just, like... And he went through decade, like, each decade, from, like, yeah. the 60s onward. Yeah, he like covered crazy. a lot of stuff. Like, early anime, uh, Castle of Cagliostro, Angel's Egg, with Mew's favorite movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Akira, Sailor Moon, Record of Lotus War, all sorts of cool stuff. Yeah. And he, so. he did this cool thing where he, he started off with uh, the 60s version of, what was, what's it called, Dororo? Yeah, that uh, Tezuka story about the kid yeah, who's, te whose dad so sold him, sold his body parts off to demons in exchange for power and he has to regain his body parts by killing them individually. Yeah, so he starts out talking about the 60s version of that, because it's an old-ass fucking series, and then he ends it with talking about the, the 2019 version. Yeah, uh, there's also he a ends PS2. Looping it all back around. There was a PS2 game based on the same story called Blood Will Tell, but, but they turned it into this uh, edgy, grim, dark, westernized thing. It's still an okay. Did a Japanese company make it, or did it get picked up it, by an American company? I believe a Japanese company made it. Let me look it up. Okay, so they fucked up their own. It wasn't like a, a, a Hollywood type situation where it came over west and we just fucked it up. It was the, they fucked it up themselves. And yeah, developed by Sega. Yeah, occasionally Japanese companies do shit all over their own legacy, like Metroid Other M. 
Yeah, there's stuff like that. I mean, they, it's not just like westernizing things. Sometimes it has to do with like a monetization. Like, um, I can't, what fuck, what's that series called? Maybe it's like Ark the Lad. One of those like kind of older, slightly obscure RPGs. Like, they fucking uh, brought that series back as like a fucking mobile game and it sucks and nobody liked it. Yeah, that happens a lot. Like there was a new Dungeon Keeper game. Uh, like in the in the nineties, the Dungeon Keeper games were uh, you're the creator of you're the evil overlord who runs this dungeon full of monsters, and you need to keep the heroes out. But I think they made two so like games, a, like a tower defense sort of game, or like a yeah, but it's nineties, so it's really early and clunky, and it won't play anything uh, like the tower defense games you're used to. Yeah, I was gonna say if it was in the nineties, it probably probably had some jank to it. But uh, re recently, they brought it back as okay. I just checked; it's twenty fourteen, not that recent. But they brought it back <laughs> as this mobile pay, pay to win bullshit, just completely ruined yeah. it. Uh, the a tale as old as uh, two thousand nine. Uh, yeah. Bringing things back from the grave, only to kill it again with uh, over monetization. Yeah, they turned this into this. Um, uh, you have to wait to to, or pay real money to continue playing the game. Like, I hate that shit. And it was universally despised by everyone. Like, look at yeah. this Wikipedia article. It's getting one percent. Like one half of a star out of five, really low scores. People hated this shit. It probably made money though. Yeah, I mean, they'll flip it out for a quick buck. Fucking EA. Uh, I I recently EA watched this division. Yeah, I oh, I recently watched this hour long video about all the companies that EA has bought out and destroyed. That's probably a pretty long list. Yeah, there's like 30-something of them. Jeez. I'll find the... I'll find the video later, put it in the show notes. Okay. So, uh, I've, before I've mentioned my favorite podcast, State of the Arc, which covers video game stories. So... Lately, they've been covering Tactics Ogre. And uh, Final Fantasy Tactics on the PS1 is one of my favorite video games. I I've beaten it at least ten times. Like, I got so good at it as a young adult that I would go through the whole game doing specific challenges, like having every character be the same class and trying to figure out uh, different ways to beat the various levels. It has a great story, great soundtrack, just great everything. But I've never got into Tactics Ogre, which is an earlier game made mostly by the same people while they worked at Enix. So, uh, the State of the Arc podcast is covering the story of Tactics Ogre. And I thought, oh, this will be a good opportunity to get into the game. Because it, there was a, a remaster of, of it last year. 
So it's e easier to play, more accessible than ever. I, I thought this will be a good opportunity for me to finally play this game I've been meaning to play since I, I was a teenager. That didn't happen because I got distracted by another game. Yeah, that happens to me a lot. Like, oh man, I'm finally going to play this game. I'm finally going to watch this anime. And then I start it, and then something happens, and then I don't get back to it. Like, I still never finished Yakuza 7, uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon. It just, I want to. It was a good game. I just got distracted, and now I fucking forgot everything about it. So I'm just going to have to start over. Yeah, there's way too much shit that I want to consume. Like, I could be a neat and devote the rest of my life to playing and watching things and never be satisfied. So I, I understand fully if you get distracted and totally forget about something. But the game yeah. that made me forget about Tactics Ogre is Tevi. Tevi. This is a sequel to Rabby Ribby, which is a bullet hell Metroidvania that came out a few years ago. I feel like I've heard of that. Um, What's his name on Beckloff's friend mentioned? it on, on one of his live streams like five years ago uh un undertow okay so you mentioned this game about this anime rabbit girl who fights other anime girls but i looked into it and it was freaking incredible but just about two weeks ago a sequel came out and i've been obsessed with that it's even better than the first one this one's also about an anime rabbit girl who fights other anime girls, but this one's more refined. So what is, what is this? It's a hack and slash or a uh, yeah, it's a, hell? it's like a two D hack and slash, and but the bosses and like some of the stronger enemies you fight along the way will throw thousands of bullets at you. So okay, you have so to, it's a little bit of both. Yeah. But it's also a Metroidvania, so you're going through these maps of these difficult areas, uh, un unlocking new abilities uh, to explore new things. And all the while, there's a story about... Stop me if you've heard this one before. Animal people who are oppressed by humans for no good okay. reason. Yeah, I'm, I'm tired of that fucking trope. Uh, yeah, it, it's bullshit, but the gameplay is so top-notch. This is such a freaking fun, addictive game. That I, I can strongly I'm looking, recommend it. I'm looking at Ravi Rivi, and a lot of the characters are just like anime girls with like bunny ears or something, and they're all wearing skimpy clothes. Yeah. <laughs> so Ravi right. Rivi was... It was really a Toho clone. It has this... I all mean, every bullet hell is a Toho clone yeah, at this point. Well, yeah, bullet hell game with an all-female cast. But uh, the sequel, Tevi, has a lot more male characters. I don't know if that was a specific design decision they made or what. Maybe they just wanted to differentiate themselves a little. Yeah, it could be. Show they're not just a bunch of brainless coomers. But they are also that, so... Hey, they're smart coomers. They made a top-notch action game. Can you play it with one hand? No. There's so many different systems you need to master to be able to beat the bosses. It requires a lot of precise movements. You need both hands. 
Maybe it's the anti-Coomer game, if you think about it. It requires so much skill, it distracts you. Yeah. Yeah, well, first playing Rabby Ribby, like, five, six years ago. I I didn't even notice all the anime girls in skimpy outfits, because I was so fascinated by the gameplay. Well, there you go. So that's, that's how you get them. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Come for the anime babes, stay for the absolutely top-notch action side-scrolling bullet hell gameplay. It's great shit. Totally worth the 30 bucks. Nice. Oh, and speaking of five-hour-long YouTube videos... Oh, yeah. I saw this... uh, Final Fantasy VI retrospective by this guy named Andrew Bluett. I'd never heard of him before. That just popped up in my YouTube feed. This video was so freaking good. <laughs> this guy got an instant subscribe from me. This is an amazing video. I listened to the whole thing while at work. I'll have to give it a listen. I, I fucking... I really like Final Fantasy VI... It's one of the last good Final Fantasies, in my opinion. Yeah, 9 was the last one I really paid much attention to. Partly because when 10 came out on the PS2, my family was too poor to afford one. Plus, uh, uh, it had, 10 is when they really started becoming just generic anime cliche J-pop bullshit. Yeah. Well, it kind of that kind of started with like seven and eight, I would argue, but yeah, that's ten was probably where they just went really downhill with it. Uh, uh, a lot it, of people really like ten, but I didn't understand the appeal of it. Yeah, overrated. Just that's a really linear game with characters. I didn't find that interesting, and the, the story has potential, but it's. Uh, does that annoying Japanese thing where they just vaguely hint at things and then at the end of the game there's everything comes together with a magical explosion that solves everyone's problems. Yeah, if only real life was like that. A magical explosion that solves everyone's problems. Actually, no, we did do that to Japan twice, so it solved <laughs> the problem. Yeah, paging, <laughs> paging Ted Kaczynski. Oh, rest in peace to a real one. He was right about everything except the murders. That's debatable. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, this Final Fantasy VI retrospective, it goes into detail about each character's, their backstory, the, uh, the way they progress through the game, and even the way their, uh, their musical themes, like tell you about the character, which is an amazing coincidence because when uh, uh, Uematsu was composing the music to this game, he he didn't know anything about the characters. He just came up with like 50-something songs, and then when the game was almost complete, they shoved the songs in there. Which, it's, it's an amazing coincidence because they seem like they fit so perfectly. Like Terra's theme... Absolutely suits this uh, mysterious young woman who's trying to understand her own identity and figure out how to deal with human emotions. 
he didn't know anything about the game. He just wrote a song. Well, I guess he just wrote enough, uh, enough songs, with enough variety that you could kind of pick and choose. Like, oh, you need something a little more melancholic? That'll work. Yeah, it just ended up working perfectly because this game has an amazing soundtrack. Another one I go back oh, yeah. and listen to a lot. And yes, it talks about Celeste's uh, attempted suicide and how it's like the like the dark reflection of the opera house scene. It talks about how Kefka is like the this he's like the antichrist of this game like this demonic inversion of all things that should be holy, but he's this fucked up perversion of them. And even how the final boss fight is reminiscent of uh, parts of D Dante's Inferno. I don't know if I would call Kafka the antichrist, but I can kind of see what you mean by that. Yeah. He stylizes himself as an angel, but he does not bring hope. He brings despair, misery, and death. Just an overall fantastic video. It's only got 70,000 views at the time of this recording, but this guy deserves millions. He poured his heart and soul into this, and apparently he's doing a whole series of uh, other Final Fantasy retrospectives. Okay, is he going to do the whole series? or? I, I don't know, but if he is, I'm thinking of giving him Patreon bucks. Nice. Man, it's it's kind of funny. You'll sometimes you just end up on the right side of YouTube. Like a lot of it is just dog shit, but sometimes you'll find like this really made, like uh, complete deep dive into a, a a movie series or a TV series or a, a video game series or something, and it, it it'll just be like fucking phenomenal. But the person will have like five thousand subscribers. It's like how. Uh, he just doesn't have connections. Yeah, I guess that YouTube algorithm kind of just like fucks anybody with talent over. Yeah, and there's millions of people trying to make a living or it, just trying to make people happy making YouTube videos. But and there's so much competition and you have to deal with the bullshit algorithms. You have to deal with censorship. So you can devote your whole life to creating rad videos and get only a small handful of views and wonder what the hell you're doing with your life. Uh, I'm not speaking from personal experience, but it's something that easily could have happened to me. Right. Well, there, there's also like with like TikTok and YouTube shorts, people want like short form content right now. I think people are so like, fucking uh add bound like they they can't even sit down and pay attention to us a, a video for that long if it's longer than like three minutes they lose interest yeah i can understand that like when i first got addicted to youtube in like 2005 i noticed that was killing my attention span i can't imagine what it's like to be a zoomer growing up on 10 second tiktok videos yeah, I, I don't know. I don't use TikTok. I'll go into like shorts every once in a while. Like if I'm just like eating lunch or something and I just want something to watch for the next like 10 minutes, I'll flip through it. But I, I don't really understand getting obsessed with these like videos. Most of it's just like quippy jokes. 
which we get, that gets old pretty quickly. Or yeah. seeing videos of people falling down, which is always funny, but that's never funny in long and uh, long bursts. Right, and uh, like like I've been saying, I enjoy these really long form videos. I can listen to them at my job. I'm fortunate in that regard. Yeah, what well, podcasts are really popular for some fucking reason. Uh, very few of them are entertaining to me. Yeah, I can't imagine but why anyone would, would think... listen to us. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. You gotta have something to listen to. I think that's why podcasts are popular is because nobody really listens to radio anymore. Yeah, radio sucks. And like, if you want to listen to music, you might as well just use like Spotify or something on your phone. But some people, they don't really want to listen to music while they work. They want to listen to something a little more substantial. Yeah, and a long podcast can be like a nonfiction book. Yeah. Well, I would do this thing. I I used to listen to audiobooks, but I would notice that I would my attention was drifting because I'd listen to them while doing other shit, and then I realized like I'm three hours into this book and I don't fucking remember half of the characters already. Yeah, I've had that happen to me. So it's like, like I can't really do the audiobook thing. Yeah, I mostly use audiobooks to listen to like, like cheap pulp fantasy stuff that's made to be disposable entertainment. Yeah, that was about the only thing I could listen to anymore. It's like if I if you try to listen to something like 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 a Tolkien book or something, you would just you'd be lost almost immediately. Uh yeah, the poems that go on for ten pages. Screw that. Yeah, the guy's a genius, but it doesn't mean I have to agree with everything he's ever made. Right. Uh, another thing I saw recently, so totally not Mark, is one of those normie YouTubers, but I like him. Right. It, yeah, no, I, I like him too. So he has a team of writers who come up with most of the stuff he says so this is a totally a corporate product and not a labor of love necessarily but he makes his writers come up with good stuff but he, a couple of weeks ago he came out with a video about uh, the dark tournament in Yu Yu Hakusho why it's the best tournament in anime because it is it is it's not only highly entertaining, not only introduces tons of new characters with new powers to challenge our heroes, but there's quite a lot of character development. Like at the start of the tournament, Yusuke is this annoying, cocky teenager. And by the end, he's become this mature adult who's ready. He seems almost like a martial arts mentor himself. Yeah, that's something I miss from a lot of series is, like, actual character development. Like, a lot of these characters, they stay pretty much the same as they were. Even if they'll, like, have the characters go through quote-unquote traumatic events, like, they don't really change that much. Yeah, and, and that's, that's, like, fucking stupid. It's fine with some kinds of characters. Like, I don't expect Goku to grow at all. 
over the decades. Right. Well, it, it's if it's a comedy, like that's different, or like the character that's not really they're supposed to be kind of like one note, like that's fine. But like, you know, I don't expect like deep character development from like uh, JoJo. Like right. I go, you go, you watch JoJo for the stupid jokes. You don't do it for like the deep nuance, like uh, uh, look into the human condition or anything like that. No, I go there for the puzzle fights and the characters who are just these grotesque weirdos. Yeah, exactly. And that's all fine and well, but like sometimes you want to watch a series that has a little more substance. Right. Yeah, that's why I go back and reread Berserk about once a year. Still the greatest accomplishment of all humankind. It's better than computers, better than penicillin, better than the automobile. It's berserk. I keyed, but it is. You've heard me spurg out about enough berserk on this podcast. Let's change the subject. <laughs> heard uh, you spurred out about it bro you fucking made me read the whole goddamn thing because you kept bugging me about and, it for like it, a year straight and it was worth it i got you i fucking on read it, it. <laughs> i'm afraid to go back to it man i won't say any spoilers but like man the last chapter i read i was like god damn it can we just have can guts have one fucking w please <laughs> Sometimes he kills, his, the... he kills his enemies, but he's never happy. No, he's never fucking happy. So give the man one thing, please. Let him be happy once. Fuck. Yeah. So uh, another manga with good character development is Gantz. I've only seen uh, the one thing we watched together. That's the only Gantz content I've oh, ever the... consumed. The CG movie from 2016. Yeah, which was really, really well animated. Yeah, it was a fantastic looking movie. Uh, so the Gantz manga, it has some of the highest highs and I've ever seen. Some amazingly cool moments, but also really bad pacing. So, sometimes some character, some uh, story elements are introduced and then forgotten about. Like there's whole. Uh, subplots that you think are going to turn into major events and the author just forgets about them. But at the same time, it, it has some of the best character development I've ever seen. Like our protagonist is the standard asshole teenager. The very first panel of the first page is him looking at a porno magazine and just getting all excited about the opportunity to waste his life looking at porn. But I'm cooming. Uh. Yeah, but as it goes along, he grows up. He's forced into these difficult, violent situations, and he grows quite a lot. And about halfway through the series, he becomes this amazing leader. Like, I'm ready to follow him into battle against aliens. Based. Gantz, definitely yeah. worth reading. It does have some problems. You gotta love a good character arc, though. Yeah, it's fr freaking excellent character development in Gantz. Also, lots of violence and tits. Which is always nice. Right. And not safe for the childlings. Yeah. It 
took a long time for my mom to understand that like some of this shit is not for kids, even though it's a cartoon on paper. But I, I guess that's a boomer problem. They think that yeah, anima- I think cartoons and animation equals for babies only. Yeah, that's the thing. Millennials get it, and I think um, at least half, I'd say, Gen Xers understand like because it's animated, that doesn't necessarily equate like yeah, child maybe, entertainment. Yeah, maybe they saw Fritz the Cat or other porn cartoons in the seventies. Yeah, so. That that was just the thing with the older generation, and I mean, I kind of understand it because that was like really all that was animated was children's cartoons. I don't know. Very They're few old... racy things existed. Yeah, yeah when they were even, growing up, even boomers growing up could watch Looney Tunes, and those were originally designed for adults. Believe it or not, but... was it Looney Tunes that had the World War II propaganda videos? Oh, everyone was doing those. Like, there's Bugs Bunny, Nips the Nips, where he clowns on these evil, slant-eyed, buck-toothed, yellow-skinned Japs. Oh, yeah, now I remember them doing fucking, like, Donald Duck, uh, like, Sieg Heiling and shit. Yeah, that was Donald Duck in Nazi land. He had this horrible (laughs) dream that he was forced to assemble bombs in a factory for the Third Reich. But he wakes up and realizes that he's in the greatest country of all time, America. You're goddamn right. Uh, yeah, the, the propaganda was way more interesting back then. Well, yeah, you were allowed to just, you know, be mean, which is funny. Yeah, well, a couple of years ago, I was babysitting my niece, and she was watching the new Animaniacs. That got a reboot a couple of years ago. And it was just shitting on Russians. Yeah, Russians are safe to shit on because they're uh, white, and also they've been the eternal enemy of America since like forever. Yeah, and for for a while there, Globo Homo was trying to uh, gin up a war against Russia. So I guess this is just more propaganda. Trying to force yeah. the public into believing well, something, but I mean, they focus a lot on kids because they're more easily like uh, susceptible. Yeah. Well, that's why they had shit like in Nazi Germany. They had um, programs to indoctrinate children uh, very young, and even children would like tattle on their parents, like uh, doing illegal shit. Yeah, they so the... they knew what they were doing. They know how to. Yeah, they had the German their way into the home. That they had the German Boy Scouts equivalent. I guess right. I guess in America we don't have that now because no one does any physical exercise. I mean, the Scouts still exist. I don't know, like oh, it's what they do. Uh, what they do is they promote faggot shit. Oh, okay. They've got. I don't know. I don't. Extremely gay I, lately. I don't know anybody that was in the scouts. I was. Uh, I was an annoying little shit, so I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to pay attention to anything. But yeah, in retrospect, I should ha- should have learned how to build a fire using only sticks. That would that could have been cool. But no, I was a little spurglet who just wanted to play video games. <laughs> a little spurglet. 
like I still do want to play video games all the time, but uh, there's something to be said for teaching practical skills that almost no one has anymore. Right. But, I probably would have been the same. But like, yes, the only thing I the, fucking cared about was coming home from school and playing my PlayStation. Yeah, I know the feeling. Hell, I'm almost 40 and I still feel the same way, but I have more pain in my joints now. Gotta take care of my body. <laughs> so, yeah, I probably should get into Tactics Ogre because I, I love these turn-based strategy games. Uh, there's one called Fell Seal Arbiter's Mark that I was obsessed with a couple of years ago. I, I'm thinking of replaying it again because that was a high-quality game. And, uh, and of course, that uh, War of the Nephilim game you showed me like a year ago. Yeah. You had mentioned that the DLC came out for it. I still haven't gotten around to playing that. Yeah, I, I bought that, beat all the DLC levels. They were fun. Nice. There's one map that has a bunch of teleporters. And, and, of course, you have an army of like 20 different uh, little troops. and But you have to manage them properly as they teleport around the map to fight the enemies in the proper areas and uh, you could flip switches to cut off or open certain areas i'm kind of surprised they didn't remaster um final fantasy tactics i know they did like a psp game of it like a like i don't know yeah like in like 2000 ago, probably at this point 2006 i think they released an enhanced version of it called war of the lions which has some extra levels extra characters uh more room in your roster so you can actually have all these extra characters in your army yeah it's 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 one of those games that i've been wanting to play for years and i just haven't because i i played it um i played the first one on the well there was only one right they, I played it on uh, PS1 like way, way back in the day, but I never finished it because I was just a kid and I didn't really understand what I was supposed to do. So I didn't make it too far. Oh. And I didn't really understand uh, tile tactics games until I played like uh, Fire Emblem when I was like, I don't know, 13 maybe. Yeah, I'd say the difference between... FFT and Fire Emblem is that with Fire Emblem type games, you have a huge number of units that all ha uh, have basic movesets. Like some of them can just move and attack. But with uh, Final Fantasy Tactics and Tactics Ogre, other games like that, you have a small number of units, but each one has lots of abilities. So they're both turn-based strategy, but uh, the, the way the gameplay works out is pretty different. Like in uh, in Fire Emblem, sometimes the winning strategy is to just throw tons of troops at an enemy, hope to soften them up. In Final Fantasy Tactics, sometimes you have a you you have a party of like four or five units. You have to carefully manage all of your turns and what you're going to to do yeah uh i've I played a handful of fire emblem games none of them are particularly hard they're just kind of frustrating if you get bad rng yeah it wasn't until uh i want to say it was like the 3ds games where they added it where unit death wasn't permanent 
Yeah, it made it less frustrating. Yeah, the first one I played was like um, the remake of the first game on the DS. I think it was just called Fire Emblem or something. Something with the dragon. Something, something dragon. Shadow dragon. Something like that. And uh, that was kind of frustrating. Because, you know, you get one bad RNG move and then you just lose that unit. And you're like, ah, do I really want to restart this whole map for this one unit? If it's one of the shittier throwaway ones. Because they do give you a bunch of throwaway ones. Like, I remember there was a time you got like a pirate guy. And uh, he died like the next mission. And I was like, I don't fucking care about this guy. <laughs> Fuck him. And then you get oh, like some old man who's just like, I think he was like a drunk pervert. He was just like that, like Master Roshi stereotype character. And he he was dog shit, so I didn't care that he died. Yeah, you'll probably like Fell Seal Arbiter's Mark. I've mentioned it on this podcast numerous times, but it's a very high quality modern clone of Final Fantasy Tactics. It has a lot of quality of life improvements, such as you can personally set the kind of difficulty you want. Like, do you want permadeath? Do you want the enemies to be able to instantly kill you by knocking you into water or not? You can turn that on or off. Okay. Yeah, I, I've heard you mention it before, and um, it's it's on the list. I just it's another fucking thing that I haven't gotten around to yet. Yeah, the only downside is the art style is not very interesting. Like the characters look like generic fantasy stuff, but some of the monsters look cool. Like uh, later in the game, you, you get the ability to recruit monsters into your army, and uh, one of the monsters is uh, like a cross between a platypus and a bear. So it's like this upright, walking eight-foot bear platypus. Uh, instead of a beak, it has a flute. So it uses its beak flute uh, to play songs to boost its allies and attack its enemies. It it was a cool-looking thing. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I'm looking at the art style. I'm looking at the page for it now. It's like, man, this art does not stand out at all. No, but the game is very, very good. I, I liked it a lot. Yeah, sometimes you just find one of those gems. It's like you wouldn't think anything of it, but then you play it, and you're like, damn, this is uh, really good. That's how I felt playing uh, Nephilim. I just saw that. I saw gameplay footage of it on a whim. I was just like scrolling. I just, I was bored one day and I was, uh, I put on a YouTube video that was just talking about like the latest indie games that were coming out. And that was one of them, and I was like, oh, this actually looks kind of interesting. Yeah, that one has amazing visuals during combat, though. Yeah. You have dozens of characters slugging it out on screen with no slowdown. Yeah, it's great. So, anything else you've been doing lately? Nope, not really. I've been busy. Yeah, we could bitch about the Game Awards for hours, but there's <laughs> not really any point. Not really. It was fucking funny that uh, Spider-Man didn't win anything, because I, I know you don't use like Twitter or any like the mainstream like platforms. But goddamn, the fucking Spider-Man fans are so gay and annoying. It yeah. was hilarious to see them not get shit. It's like, oh, Miles Morales. Uh, nobody fucking cares. Shut up. Yeah, he's gay. He's a shitty character. Like, name one thing about him aside him being mixed race. 
Yeah, that's really it. It's like, what makes him, like, interesting? Like, nothing, really. And he's not even the first mixed-race Spider-Man. There was uh, Spider-Man 2099. Oh, yeah. So Yeah, uh, they, they... I don't... Yeah, I don't, I don't know understand why people give a shit. I've never played a video game or like watched a series and be like, wow, I can't relate to this character because they're not like the same ethnicity as me. Like, that's stupid. Like, bitch, I love playing as green skin aliens and dragons and shit. I couldn't be further like culturally uh, than from like the Japanese, but I fucking still like anime. Well, that's because like, anime I am characters as American are... as American comes. Yeah. Well, anime characters are white. Mm, I mean, sort of. If you're talking about the uh, the art style, I mean, they, they do base it off of Disney and also cats. <laughs> yes. That fucking blew people's minds. Like, you didn't catch on to that? You didn't understand why there was such an obsession with cat girls in anime? It's... Yeah, cats have big eyes and they look cute. Yeah. I guess people had to put it into words for it to catch on. But yeah, no, that's pretty much that's yeah. the formula. No, you can just go anywhere on the internet and say anime characters look white. Why aren't they Asian? And get 5,000 replies. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty easy to stir up shit nowadays. You actually had to work a little bit to troll people. Now you can say, like, you can just have any opinion. It doesn't matter whether it's right or wrong. You're going to make somebody upset. Oh, yeah, you can just have a one-word OP and get people pissed off. You can just say, Trump. Yeah, it's like... I hate to use the phrase get a life, but honestly. Uh, even if always online Spurg like me needs to get off the computer and just walk around and exercise once in a while. It's like you could be like a fucking shut in neat and not be a retard. It's just that some people like <laughs> they can't handle it. God, that was displayed so much in fucking 2020, but that's a whole fucking topic we don't need to get into. Uh, yeah, the, the internet makes some people retarded. Ugh. Well, if there's nothing else, let's wrap this shit up. All right. Yeah. I have been Dad, and this has been Full Metal. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Follow us on the Fediverse. Or don't. No, do. No, don't. I think they should. Good night. Good night.